You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. I'm ready to get in the Word. Who's ready to get in the Word tonight? I'm ready, man. We've got an incredible Word tonight. So here's what I need from you. And this is just part of the drill. We do this every week. Get yourself in a posture to receive a word from God tonight. Whatever you need to do, I'm telling you, it's worth it. Because the God of the universe, he's real big, but he's also really personal and he's here. And he wants to speak through me, through your leaders, to you. And what we got to do is cancel out the distractions, silence the noise so we can hear him speak to us. So whatever you got to do, maybe you don't need to have your phone out. But maybe you do need your phone out because you're taking notes and you've got real good self-control. Or maybe you need a journal or maybe you need to move to the front row. Where are my front row people at? Come on. Whatever whatever you need to do, do it so we can lean in. Somebody say lean in. Lean in. in. Okay, we're in a series. We're in the middle of a series uh, all about these things called spiritual disciplines. This series is called Real Life. Look to your neighbor say Real Life. Okay, now look to your other neighbor, the one that was not your first pick, awkward, and uh, that's awkward, and say, I'm about that. Real life. How many of you guys want to experience real life? Man, I want to experience real life. I hope you do too. We're talking about how, check this out, the Christian life, this life that all of us as believers, as disciples are invited into, it's not the easiest life. But here's what we can do. We can walk in this Christian life knowing 100% it's the best life. In fact, it's not just the best life, it's real life. If you're not walking with Jesus, you're not experiencing real life. And so in this series, we're looking at the things we do. So there's action required. The things we do in order to experience real life. They're called spiritual disciplines. We're walking through a bunch of them this month and the importance of them. Now, last week, or sorry, Two weeks ago, in my message, when we kicked off this series, we looked at a really important truth. And if you weren't there, I'm going to give it to you again so you can write it down. This is really important for the rest of the series. Spiritual disciplines are not the answer. Do you remember this? Spiritual disciplines are not the answer Jesus is. So everything we're going to talk about in this series is great. They're great tools, but we don't do spiritual disciplines in order to get real life. Does that make sense? We don't do spiritual disciplines so that God can be like, okay, you've done this enough. You're pretty consistent. Here's real life. No, no, no. That's not how it works. We don't do spiritual disciplines to receive real life because guess what? According to Jesus, according to all of the Bible, if you believe in God, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've already got real life. Amen? Amen. You've already got it. There's nothing you could do to change that. You've got it. 100% real life. You've got it. But here's the thing. There are a lot of Christians that have real life, eternal life from Jesus right now, but what they walk in doesn't really look like that. It doesn't look like a life trying to be formed into the image of Jesus. Are you hearing me, New Song students? And so spiritual disciplines don't get us real life, but they do help us experience it. Amen? And last week, man, we heard a word from our boy Eric. Make some noise for Eric. It was so good, man. 
It was such a good word. If you didn't get to hear it, um, then I would encourage you. We've got a New Song Students podcast, a little shameless plug. Go check it out. Go listen to it. It will not be a waste of your time. But um, Eric preached a message on the first spiritual discipline we looked at in this series. And can anybody tell me what it was? Boom. Submission. Yes. Surrender, submission, same difference. We talked about the spiritual discipline of submission. Now, this is so cool. The Holy, this is how awesome the Holy Spirit is. I didn't tell Eric to preach on that spiritual discipline, but I don't think it could have been a more perfect discipline to start off with. Because what did we learn last week? What is the heart of somebody who's walking in the spiritual discipline of surrender? It's this. God, whatever you say goes. Whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. And so check this out. When we serve God like that, with that kind of heart, God, whatever you say, man, that's probably the best way because you're God and I'm not. When we live life like that, then that makes all the other spiritual disciplines become a lot less of a chore and more of a lifestyle that we live by. Amen? Amen. And so tonight, I want to talk about our next spiritual discipline. We're talking about the spiritual discipline of fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. 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 In other words, we're talking about the spiritual discipline of church. Now, you may not know this, but what we're doing right now, this thing we do every single Wednesday is actually a spiritual discipline. Did you know that? It's a spiritual discipline. Actually, let me say it this way. It can be a spiritual discipline. It's not a spiritual discipline for everybody, but it can be. And for you and I, man, I want it to be a spiritual discipline for us. And so uh, before we get into that, though, let's pray. Let's get our minds ready. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. Man, you are so good, God. We thank you for showing up. I thank you that in worship we felt your presence, that you are here, that you want to speak, that you are, you're the God of the universe. You created everything. You're so powerful, and we're so small. And at the same time, you see every single heart in the room, and you know every single person here tonight. And so for all of us, we just say, Would you open up our hearts, God? Would you open up our ears? Help us to see maybe where we need to fix this spiritual discipline in our life or where we're doing this well or how we can do this better. Help us, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay, I got a big, fat, chunky scripture that I'm gonna read to you, Um, which I've been going kind of easy on y'all lately, so I'm here to just bring the hammer down on you guys. We're bringing some chunky word tonight. Y'all like reading chunky scripture? Uh, if, you, if you're new and you're like, what the heck is happening? That just means we read a lot of Bible in New Song Students because we ain't scared of the Bible. So I'm going to read this passage to you. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to write it down, I'm going to read a lot of it. But you guys are going to thank me. You can thank me later. It's in the message translation. How, how many of you have ever read the message translation? I don't always read it, but I think it's really fun a lot. And I was reading it this week, and it's, a, it's talking all about what the church is supposed to be like. And I was like, dude, I have to read this to my new song students. So it's gonna be on the screen, but I need you to lean in with me, okay? It's gonna be long, just focus. I promise you can do this. You guys ready? Okay, here's what it says. You can easily see enough how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Okay, the thing it's talking about is church, the body of Christ, and it's comparing it to our physical bodies. Somebody say, get strong. Get strong. strong. Okay, here's what it says. Your body has many parts 
limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. In other words, before Jesus, you used to be the boss. But then we entered into a large and integrated life, which he has the final say in everything. There's submission right there. We talked about that last week. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Y'all hanging in with me? Each of us is now a part of his resurrected body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. Somebody say, we all. We all come to drink, all right? The old labels we used to identify ourselves with, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger and more comprehensive. Look at this. I want you to think about how this makes how all of this makes you more significant. So right here it's saying all of us are a part of God's body. But sometimes we can think like, well, I'm just like the, the toe. It's not a big deal. Or I'm just like this small part. But here's what it's saying. Your small part is actually a huge function in the church. Look at this. I want you to see how this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into huge functions. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. This part's kind of funny. Look at this. If foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong on the body. Would that make it so? No. Come on. You can do better than that. No. That's right. Look at this one. If ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, transparent and expressive. I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove your eye from your body? No. No, that's right. If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Is this good? Can you guys keep going with me? Okay, look at this. This is so good. But also, I love this part. Uh, I want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of, who you, of what you're a part of. Ooh, that'll preach. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. Amen. What we have is one body with many parts, each in its proper size and in its proper place, no part is as important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost? I don't need you. Or, hand, or head telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. Amen? That's right. When, a, when it's a part of your body that you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give dignity and honor just as it is without comparison. If anything, you have, uh, if anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher parts. If you had to choose, would you prefer good digestion or full-bodied hair? I like that. Like, I'm not trying to look like Sasquatch, okay, Paul? I don't want full-bodied hair. I'll take good digestion. Okay, this is the last paragraph. Are you hanging in with me? Yeah. This is my favorite one. Look at this. 
This is so good. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. That is good. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved with the hurt and with the healing. That's good. This part's the best. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. Okay, that was a big, chunky passage of scripture. But did y'all enjoy that? I love that. That's so good. The message is a really cool way to read the Bible. And this is comparing the church, what we're doing right now, being a family of God, to our bodies. Now, the church is a really big deal, y'all. Like, it's a really big deal. I love what Bill Hybels says. He says this, Nothing on earth has greater potential to change lives and carry out his kingdom work in your community than your local church. There's nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. No organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. Okay, so as a pastor, as your pastor, Pastor Jackson, I'm not trying to brag at all, not trying to toot my own horn and look real good in front of you guys. But as a pastor, I think about church a lot. It makes sense. That's a good thing, right? I think about church a lot. I do church a lot. And I'm in church a lot. And I agree 1,000% with what Bill just said. I believe with everything in me that the local church, especially right here where we're at, New Song Church, has so much potential to change people's lives. In fact, because I'm a pastor, I get to see people all of the time come into these doors and some stay and they get plugged in and they get planted. And I'm telling you, every person that I see who's planted in the house of the, God, in the, house of the Lord, man, I see God transform their life. I get to see that firsthand. Um, but at the same time, I also get to see a lot of the opposite happen. As a pastor, I get to see a lot of people who come into the church who have this attitude of kind of like, oh, the church isn't a big deal. It's just me and God. Like, I got my own walk with God. Like, I pray. I pray by myself. I got a quiet time, but I don't need church. And I know people like this. In fact, I've got friends that I grew up with, I went to the same youth group with that have this attitude. I've got people in my family who have this attitude. And I'm telling you, when we begin to lower the importance of fellowship, of being a part of God's family, I'm telling you, people miss out on real life. They miss out on real life. Look at this. Nancy Lay DeMos says this. She says, being disconnected from the local church for whatever reason is a dangerous way to live. Not only do these lone rangers miss out on the blessing of functioning within the context of the body of Christ, but like one, like one lone sheep away from the safety of the flock in the watchful care of the shepherd, they are vulnerable to predators of every sort. And I've seen this, like personally, firsthand. I've seen people have this attitude of, I, I don't need the church. I, I can just do me and God. It's just me and God, me and my walk with God. And church is just for, I don't know, it's for pastors and families, people with kids. I'm telling you, that is not who church is for. If you're a believer, church is for you. Somebody say, it's for me. It's for me. Uh, 
We've talked about this recently in New Song Students. God is not in the business of creating secret Christians. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how if somebody in your friend group found out you're a Christian and they were shocked, that would be a problem, right? God's not in the business of creating secret Christians. And in the same way, God is not in the business of creating Lone Ranger Christians, Christians who just walk through life and they're not planted in a church. They're not connected to the family of God. And here's why. Um, if we're somebody who we walk, we're walking in the first spiritual discipline, which was what we talked about last week, submission. If we're walking in that spiritual discipline, then that means what's important to God should be important to us, right? Well, you want to know what's important to God? His church. His church is important to him. Look at this. In fact, in Ephesians 5, it talks about the church not as the body of Christ, but as the bride of Christ. Let me tell you, you want to mess with somebody's wife? Don't mess with God's wife. You don't mess with Jesus' wife, the bride of Christ. Look at this. It says, husbands, love your wives. How are we supposed to love our wives? As Christ loved the who? The church. Not just you individually. The church. And gave himself up for her. Okay, if you're taking notes, write this down. We've got to understand this. When you are saved, when you're born again, Jesus gave himself up for a connected family. Write that down. Jesus gave himself up for a connected family. When you said yes to Jesus, when you gave your life to him, uh, you got to understand, you weren't just saying yes to like your personal walk with Jesus. You were saying yes to all of Jesus. And guess what, what's connected to Jesus? People the family of God. It's kind of like one day you guys are going to find your spouse. Maybe they're in this room right now. I don't know. Ooh, oh, I'm just kidding. Sorry, nobody thought that was funny. I don't know. I met my wife in youth group, so you never know. You never know. Anyway, one day you guys are going to get married. You're going to find a spouse. And let me tell you, when you marry your spouse, you're not just marrying. You're not just saying yes to the, the cute things that kind of made you guys fall in love where are my married people at? You're saying yes to the whole thing, right? You're saying yes to your spouse when they want to keep you up every night and talk till one in the morning and you want to sleep. No shots fired at all. Uh, you are. You're saying yes to your spouse when they're waking up at six in the morning to go to work and they're slamming all the cabinets and they're waking you up and you're trying to sleep in. Guess what? And that was me, by the way. That's not Haley. You're saying yes to the whole package. Are you hearing me, New Song students? In the same way, check this out. I'm telling you when, you, when you walk in a relationship with God, there's no such thing as a private walk with God. There's no such thing. Like, there, you do have an individual walk with God, and that's actually part of our vision here at New Song students. We want to help you guys own your own faith, right? You can't live off your parents' faith. You're not automatically saved because you just go to church. So there is an individual aspect but here's what you got to understand. It's not just you and God. You are built and you're called to be connected to the body of Christ, to be part of the family of God. Amen? Okay, so talking about the church, I want to talk really quickly about three things that make up the church. Like what three things need to be present in order for us to be the body of, of Christ, the church? Because how many of you know there's people gathering together all the time? For a bunch of different reasons. People go to concerts. People go hang out at like book clubs and stuff. What makes us different than any other gathering? Are you hearing me? Yeah. Here's what makes us different. Number one is this, and this is the most important, God's presence. 
Write that down, God's presence. Now, you probably hear this a lot. We talk about this at New Song quite a bit, the presence of God. How many of you even heard that tonight? We said it in worship, the presence of God. Now, if you want to know more about it and you don't know a lot about it, we actually spoke a whole message on it in New Song Students, so you can find it uh, on the podcast. Another shameless plug for you. Uh, Two in one message. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, you can go back. We talk about the presence of God in a full message, but just, just to kind of give you a rundown of what it is. When I say the presence of God, I'm not talking about God's omnipresence. Have you ever heard that word before, omnipresence? So you got to know this about God. God is not confined to space and time like you and me, right? God's not confined to one specific place uh, because let's be real. He's God. He can do whatever he wants, right? And God is really powerful. And so he's omnipresent. That means um, that he can be everywhere present at all times. So we're like, we're having church right now. God's here with us. And there's some people on the other side of the world probably praying. And guess what? God's there too. And that's a really cool thing because if God wasn't omnipresent, that would be a problem. Because that would mean if we wanted to hang out with God tonight, and so did Life Church at Switch and North students over there down the road, and we were like, no, we got God first. We booked him tonight. That would be an issue, right? Like if God was here and he was like, hey, New Song students, I got to go. There's a dude that needs to get healed in Norman, and I really got to go. They've been praying for a long time. That's not how it works, right? Because God is everywhere. You hearing me? But I'm not talking about his omnipresence. He's omnipresent, but there's something special. There's something different that happens when we come together as the family of God and we tap into God's presence. It's kind of like how, you know, there's like internet right now floating all around us. 5G, probably giving us cancer. I don't know. Um, But there's internet. There's internet everywhere right now. It's just in the air, floating around us. And just because it's floating around us, does that mean you're connected to it? No, it doesn't mean you're connected to it. What do you need? You need a Wi-Fi router or you need a phone that's going to tap you into an internet connection. It's the same with God's presence. Just because God is everywhere present doesn't mean you're always connected to him, right? Just because he's everywhere doesn't mean you're automatically connected to God. We've got to tap into his presence. Are you hearing me? And this happens, I'm telling you, in a really special way when we come together as the family of God, when we do this spiritual discipline of fellowship. Now, you've heard this before. The church is not a building, right? How many of you heard this? You heard that saying, the church is not the building. And I believe that 100%. But here's what I also know. I've heard a lot of people say that phrase as an excuse to not go to church. Like, oh, the church is in a building. Like, I'm the church, so I don't need to go to church. But here's the thing. God actually cares about having a space designated for people to meet and worship him. I'm not saying that you can't experience God's presence outside of church, but what I am saying is God actually cares about having a space that's for us to worship him. Look at this, Exodus 25, 22. This is right after the Israelites are out of Egypt. This is the first thing God says to Moses. Kind of interesting. Which, by the way, God's been with him this whole time. Remember, he was leading them with the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke. So, like, they've been in the presence of God. But look at what God says to them. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. It's pretty cool, huh? 
God's with them already, but God's like, hey, I want you to build me something so I can, so my presence can be with you. How many of you would want God's presence here with us, right? I'm telling you, when we, when we understand the fact that, yeah, the church isn't a building, but at the same time, it can be a building where God's presence fills every single week, man, that will change everything. In fact, uh, you've probably felt this before. Maybe the first time you came onto the New Song Students Campus or New Song Church, I know we hear this a lot. We hear people say, man, I just felt something different. Like, I just felt something different. You know what that is? That's the presence of God. You know, in worship, when we're like, when we're lifting up God and we're worshiping him, we're glorifying his name and you feel the presence of God fill the room, that's God showing up, right? That's the presence of God. And that's what makes what we're doing different than any other gathering. Makes it different than high school uh, history class. Makes it different than you going to a TED Talk and hearing a good talk. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just talking to you guys. But this is not a TED Talk, a TED talk right? This is something different. Look at this. God says this to Moses, and I love, or Moses says this to God, and I love this prayer. He says this. If your presence doesn't lead us there, call this trip off. How else will we be known that you're with me and that, and that me and your people are with you? Are you traveling with us or not? How else will we know that we're special? I and your people, among all people on the earth. Here's the thing that makes us different than any other gathering that's happening right now. It's the fact that God's presence is here. Are you hearing me? This is what makes it different. And the fact that God shows up completely changes everything. I want you guys to know that before you even show up to New Song, every single Wednesday, me and your leaders, we're praying this prayer every single week. Hey, God, if you don't show up tonight at New Song Students, we're wasting our time. So, God, we want your presence. We want to tap into you because guess what? I can't change people. My leaders, they're great, but they can't change people. But when we're connected with the presence of God, we can see change happen. Amen? This is what makes church different. The second thing is this. It's God's power. God's power. When God's presence is there, guess what else is there? God's power is there. Look at this. Matthew 18, 18 says, this is Jesus talking, by the way. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything, so you're praying, you're asking God for something, guess what? It will be done by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name. So we're here. We're not just gathered. We're here in his name. God, if you're not here, we're wasting our time. His presence is there. Then check this out. I am among them. So God's power shows up when we join together as the family of God. And when we pray, guess what? Things happen. I love the song we sang tonight at worship. We said, he's up to something. He's healing somebody. He's saving somebody right now, right now. And guess what? We might not see that with our physical eyes, but I'm telling you, when we come together as the family of God and his presence is here, he's up to something. Power is happening in the place. And the second thing, second verse I wanted to show you is this, Psalm 92. This is what you hear all the time at New Song. It says, the righteous flourish like a palm tree. How many of you want to flourish? How many of you want real life? I know I do. They flourish, they flourish like a palm tree. Why? Because they're planted in the house of God. They flourish in the courts of our God. And so this picture is of a tree that is not in a pot. Because if you're in a pot, you can move around. 
you can go to whatever family of God you want to. You don't have to be committed to anybody. But how many of you know, if you're planted, are you going anywhere? You're going nowhere. And what is that a picture of? That's a picture of you and I being consistent in the family of God, the body that he's called us to. So it's important to get planted in the house of God. And I'm telling you, this one, this powerful truth right here, I've seen played out in people's lives more than anything else. The power of what happens when you choose to stick your foot in the ground and say, you know what, I'm committed to this house. I'm telling you, God's power can flow through that. Amen? And the last thing is this. So we looked at God's presence, God's power. These are things that make it different than any other gathering. The last one is this, God's people. God's people. Remember, we're not about this whole private Christian walk. Like, I don't need people. I don't need, I don't need the church. It's just me and God. I can just pray and follow God by myself. No, that doesn't work that way. You need God's people. Look at this. I want to read that scripture we read in 2 Corinthians again. It says, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as the church. Somebody say together. Together. And uh, there's some amazing benefits that happen when you and I are connected together as the family of God. There's two things. I don't remember if they're on the, note, on the screen, but I want you to write them down. Two things happen when you're connected to the family of God. You are strengthened and you are protected. You are strengthened and you are protected. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you guys. Are you, are you handling this? I've got another one. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 14 says this. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation of what God has done. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret. So that's a picture of everybody doing their part in the family of God. But look at this last part. Everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So check this out. When we come to church, guess what? You can come confident knowing that I am coming to get strengthened. How many of you need to get strengthened? This is how we get strengthened. It's in the presence of God, with God's power, and with his people. Amen? And also, you're strengthened and you are protected. Now, y'all know, Bible calls us sheep all the time. I don't like that God calls me a sheep. Sheep are dumb. But we're sheep. That's what God calls us. And if you are a sheep that is in the fray, in other words, everybody's over here in the flock, and you're way over here out in the fray. How many of you know you are susceptible to the enemy? There's an enemy, and he's legit. It's the enemy, the devil, and he wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy your life. The Bible tells this all throughout Scripture. And when you are on the fray, when you're on the outside of the flock, guess what? You are susceptible. You're not protected. So guess what? If you're somebody who's out on the fray, here's what you need to do. Ready? Excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You need to move and get into the center of God's people. Amen. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. So this is what makes church different. Um, and I'm going to wrap this thing up, I promise. I know I'm kind of going long. Are you, you guys okay with me? This is good stuff. This is important for us to know. This is what makes church different. This is what makes church, the church, we've got to have God's presence, we've got to have God's power, and we've got to have God's people. This is what makes the body of Christ, but here's the kicker, and I want you to write this down. Just being connected to the body isn't enough. I want to say that again. 
just being connected to the body of Christ, it isn't enough. In other words, just because you attend church regularly, like just because you go to New Song students every week or you go to church every week and you've never missed, guess what? That's great. I'm so proud of you. But that's actually not enough. That, that's not the spiritual discipline of fellowship. You're, you're going to church and that's great, but there's a greater level. Now remember this. Like, unfortunately, we, I think in our culture, we've treated this biblical discipline of fellowship not as a spiritual discipline, but we've kind of treated it more like spiritual entertainment. Like church is like a spiritual movie theater where I go and I watch something really cool and I, and I experience something great. Or, or church for us is a spiritual country club and I'm a member there and that's where my people are and that's it. That's all we do, but it's not a spiritual discipline. But I want you to know that church is called, you're called to be connected to the family of God, not just to be present, but to be stretched to be stretched. It's kind of like having a gym membership. Like you can be a member at a gym. You could even walk into that gym every day, know all the people there. But if you never lift a weight, are you really doing anything? This is what being connected to the family God through biblical fellowship means. Look at this. David Guzik says this. Some people think of the church as a pyramid with the pastor on top. Others think of the church as driven by a bus, as a bus driven by the pastor who takes his passive passengers where they should go. I love this. God wants us to see the church as a body where every part does its share. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Now, as we get ready to close, I want to share with you something that kind of Haley and I have been talking about recently. Now, some of you know Haley's my wife, and she used to work here at New Song Church with me. And it was so much fun, but God called her out and she's been going back to school for the past six months. And um, so she's been going to school to get some, some, requ- uh, some prerequisites ready so that she can go to school to become a doctor of physical therapy. It's pretty dope. I'm going to be married to a doctor one day. Kind of cool. Um, maybe she can buy me a Tesla. I don't know. Um, but Haley's going back to school, which by the way, she got accepted to a school yesterday. Yes, that's a good birthday present. Yeah, we're super stoked about that. So she got accepted. Anyway, for the past six months, she's been working at a physical therapy clinic. And she's been doing clinical hours and just kind of getting her feet in the water and learning about physical therapy. Who's ever been to physical therapy, by the way? Just show of hands. Okay, so she's been there. And since she's been connected to physical therapy, we've been talking about the human body a lot recently. Because she's learning a lot. And so she'll come home and she'll be like, Jackson, this is crazy. And we're talking about the body. And every time I'm just like, man, God is so good. Like I'm telling you, our bodies are a testimony of how smart, how powerful, how amazing God is. You know, God thought of everything. Like seriously, your bodies are such a powerful testimony that we are created by a loving God. Anyway, so we're talking about this all the time. And... um, It's so cool how the body works. Everything's connected. Everything leans on everything. If one thing's out, everything's kind of out of whack, right? But the cool thing is if you put in the work, if you get stretched a little bit, even when it hurts, your body actually does this really powerful thing where it can heal like supernaturally. Like for instance, there's kind of like two kinds of people 
not overall, but generally, there's two kinds of people that Haley's been seeing at physical therapy. Number one is you got this athlete, and they've just like, they've, they've torn their ACL, like gnarly ACL tear. And they're in physical therapy, and because they're an athlete, they're pretty driven, and they're active. And so they do the work. They do what the physical therapy therapists are telling them to do. They get stretched even when it hurts. And you'll see these people who have this really gnarly injury come back full circle and be even stronger afterwards. It's pretty cool, right? And then you've got another group of people. And sometimes there's people that go to physical therapy, and I'm not trying to dog anybody who does this, but there's people who go to physical therapy and it's because they have like a chronic pain. And it's not because they've injured themselves because they're active, it's actually the opposite. It's because they have a lifestyle where they don't do anything. And so their body actually starts to deteriorate and they need to go to physical therapy to get better. Are you hearing me? So what these people are called or what they are experiencing is sedentary movement. What does sedentary mean? It means this, look at this. It's tending to spend too much time seated, somewhat inactive. Now, I think sometimes people are sedentary and it's because of something that they didn't have a choice for. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who they've lived in a lifestyle of being sedentary, sitting too long. So their body's unhealthy and they need help. Now, I think we see a lot of Christians that live this kind of sedentary lifestyle. And what I want you to know is that being sedentary, which means sitting too much, not contributing, not being active, your, your body isn't just at a neutral state at that point, it's actually deteriorating. And look at this, I wanna show you a crazy picture to prove it. Don't put it up yet, don't put it up yet. It's kind of gross, it's not that gross. It's an MRI picture of some two people's legs, all right? Now they're not dead, all right? These people are alive, it's an MRI. But I want to show you this picture. Look at this. It's kind of gross. But look at this. These, both of these people are in their 70s. The person on the top is a 74-year-old sedentary man. So this is a person who's lived a lifestyle of not moving. You hear me? Not being active. And look at how small the muscle is. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? It like doesn't even look like the same muscle. Look at this. This is a 70-year-old triathlete. I don't know about you, but I want to be a 70-year-old triathlete one day. Do you see these ribeyes right here? I mean, those are straight up. Those are quads of steel. Do you see how massive those quads are? Now, I say all of this to say this. I know I'm doing a big rabbit trail, but here's what I want you to know, New Song students. Your physical body was designed to be active. Your physical body was not designed to sit all day, to not contribute. You were literally designed by God to be active, to have giant ribeye quads when you're 70. You're called to have that. And look at this. In the same way as the body of Christ, you are not called to be sedentary. You're called to be active. You're called to be an active member of the body. So my question to you tonight, New Song students, is this. Are you sedentary? When you come to church, do you, do you participate or do you just observe? Do you serve? Do you give? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm just, we just need to be real. Like, am I playing the part, the role that I'm supposed to play in the church? Because remember what we learned in that scripture, when one part's down, guess what? 
all of us are hurting, but we all are also a part of the healing process. And so, New Song students, I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes.